All right. Welcome to another episode of the Mango Strike Podcast. Today, we got a special one for you. We got Aaron Murphy from Murph's Life. Um, you might recognize him from TikTok. He does these awesome TikToks where he helps people out. And how would how would you describe yourself? Like, a, are you a TikToker? Or are you like a, a humanitarian? Are you a humanitarian TikToker? What? Man, how do you, um, how do you yeah, describe I yourself? I don't even know how to describe that, man. Um, honestly, like, I don't really feel like a TikToker because I was, honestly, I was always against TikTok. Um, I just thought it was kind of mm-hmm. like a, a stupid app, to be honest, for for li- really young kids. I don't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. my uh, and to learn Spanish, actually, so I've been backpacking for a couple of years. And to learn Spanish, I started making uh, YouTube videos about Venezuelan immigrants down here. So really, it originally just started out as me just trying to learn Spanish. And um, and I just, you know, I thought it was fascinating why there, there, there was just millions of these immigrants living, you know, like homeless. And kind of like what got me onto this, kind of going back to your TikTok thing, is um, is oh man, how can I explain this? Is like I had, I remember it was like my first week inside in South America here in uh, Bogota, Colombia, like right when I started backpacking, and mm-hmm. I had this guy like just kind of in shambles, eating at the at the hotel, eating breakfast with me. Started chatting with him, and he was showing me pictures on his phone of like his home. It was like this gnarly house, beautiful cars. And like, you know, like this, it would be like a multi-million dollar home, like anywhere in the United States. And he's like, I have nothing now. Like, you know, our, our economy completely crashed. And, and I was just like, you know, it was just fascinating to see, uh, the reality that we can lose everything, you know, like, like mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, so I was just kind of like, that's kind of why I started doing uh, Venezuelans, um, filming them. And mm-hmm. this whole time I had like my sister and, uh, one of my, one of my friends, she kept telling me to to get a TikTok, like, Hey, you need to put your stuff on there. And I downloaded the app and it was just like, you know, like I saw my for you page and it's just like a bunch of 16 year old girls shaking their asses. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, I don't have time to be on this app, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was honestly like six, seven weeks ago where my friend was uploading videos of, of some of the YouTube videos on there. And so I wasn't even me uploading it until like six weeks ago where I was like, all right, I'm going to do my first TikTok just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And that was a kid who kind of lives by me named uh, David. That was one of my first viral videos that had over a million views. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, my other neighbor was like, hey, David's mom just abandoned him. She's an alcoholic who ran off to Peru. And he's only like 15 years old. For I don't remember exactly how old he is. That's the so, one with the, that you help with all the cell phone uh accessories yep yep yeah got him a cell phone accessory and i just kind of like filmed it and it really wasn't like it's kind of weird because like even in my youtube videos i mostly just do like like videos of people showing how they live you know and it's not so much of like hey we're gonna Mm -hmm. go hook these people up with like food and stuff um or necessities but it was like i just i did this and i wasn't expecting it to go viral viral at all it was more like shocking to me of like this my mom or the my neighbor's mom abandoned him and this kid is like you know basically mm-hmm. homeless with uh with these two two little brothers and so so i kind of filmed that and i had some friends from facebook that were sending me money um for the people in the video so gave them a little bit of money and then yeah so that's kind of like I, I woke up the next morning and uh, i was like oh crap you know like there's a million views on my <laughs> on mm-hmm. this tiktok video and uh, one of my girlfriends said that a uh, female friends said that I should put a Venmo on there. So I put a Venmo and then it was just like, Oh, people started sending money. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how this happened is the whole TikTok thing. 
Yeah. So did you like intend to originally just make YouTube videos and now you just like stumbled into TikTok and Yeah, basically. And okay. I mean I love like I love making YouTube videos. Um mm -hmm. it's kinda it's kinda like my main my main passion with, with filming. Mm -hmm. Um but TikTok, yeah, definitely it takes up so much of my time where I can't do as much uh YouTube anymore. Mm -hmm. Um but I mean that's all right. It's it definitely helps out, you know, kind of growing my YouTube channel, which is it's super small. Like um, a couple of months ago, I was only at seven eight hundred subscribers, and now TikTok helped it grow up to I think I'm at twenty seven thousand subscribers. Yeah, I saw that today. Um, yeah. yeah, around twenty seven. Yeah. So, do you, when you started traveling, did you intend to always help people, or did that just somewhere along the way happen? No, it was. Um, I th I think it so I mean I don't know it's just kind of always been my personality to um you know like if there's someone that I can help out I'll obviously help them out if I'm if I'm capable of doing so but what really mm -hmm. got me on to this was when I was in Colombia I was with a friend who was traveling with me for about two months and mm -hmm. I was walking to um I was looking for a coffee shop to work for my laptop and this, mm -hmm. this homeless kid came up to me and he asked, he asked me for a job and that, I thought that was kind of cool because I was, I was in Salt Lake right before I left, like I mean, mm -hmm. in between Salt Lake and Orange County and most of the homeless people there are usually just pretty, like I'm sure you know, like a lot of them is just like drug abuse for the most part. Yeah. Like, there's always something that's keeping, them, that's keeping them homeless for the most part in the United States. And so just this is kind of like my first time seeing like there's a lot of poverty in South America where there's no addiction. There's no drug abuse. It's just a whole different economy. Um, and basically um, I, this kid stops me and his name is Juan Carlos. And it's one of my first YouTube videos, but um, it was just like for fun. We're like, Hey, let's, uh, let's hook this kid up with a uh, food cart. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a, it turned into a food cart, but the, for the for the video was like we just literally just went to the store and got him a plastic like tub and we filled it up with because there you can sell cigarettes legally in the streets but we filled it up with like chips cigarettes drinks and um and he sold this and he was able to like get into like a small live in a hostel apartment kind of thing like a one room bedroom mm -hmm. and and I was just like I don't know it was like really eye opening I don't remember how much we spent maybe it was like fifty eighty bucks total on kind of getting them going Dang. but. But it, that was like kind of what hooked me. I'm just like shit. Like I've spent how much money on bars on the weekend, you know? Mm -hmm. And this small, tiny, not even investment, like amount of cash was able to get someone. Yeah, and it's not even like life. you you gave him a fish. You kind of taught him how to fish there too. Like you uh -huh. you set him up for to be sustainable on his own and independent, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That's kind of what I'm trying to shift into, especially like with TikTok donations and stuff. Is mm -hmm. is like the two things with charity, um, and I've always kind of been against charity to be honest, just because like I had a lot of friends that worked for charity organizations, and some of them, you know, were like on six figure salaries and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and so it always just kind of put like a weird, uh, like just hearing a lot of like my wealthier friends talk about like when they talk about charity, it's, it's, it's mostly just for, for tax purposes, you know, just it's financial. Mm -hmm. And so, um, kind of with this, what I want to do with it is, is really like, I enjoy showing people exactly where their cash goes. And instead of like 
having this to where where people can donate cash and they don't know where it goes. That happens a lot of times. Like you donate a hundred grand to a charity and it's just like, oh, where the hell did my money go? You know? Yeah. Like is it paying for commercials? Is it paying for salaries type thing? But mm-hmm. kind of with this or like the the goal and ideas really to show people where it goes. And then what you're saying is teaching people how to fish. So um, that's kind of what I'm working on right now is uh, I call it the gringo loco because that's what we called our first one as a joke. Everyone was calling me that down there. So like these gringo loco food carts. And right now I've built about 15 of them. And okay. it's fast food like hamburgers, arepas for Venezuelans. Um, we have a couple for fruit cups that have like chopped up fruit with like cream that are pretty popular that people like to buy down here. Awesome. Awesome. So when, when you help out these Venezuelans that are traveling, what is it that they blame for their situation? Is it the the government over there or what is it? What are they fleeing from basically? Yeah, I'm not a, I mean, I'm not a huge, huge expert, like on the whole political situation over there, but mm-hmm. I mean, the, the main thing that they always tell me is, is uh, Maduro, the, the president over there. So just a, a crazy dictator who mm-hmm. who's doing a lot of chaos. Okay. Uh, one question I had was like, how far does the dollar go over there? I see that uh, they use a dollarized uh, currency system where I guess the, either their currency is tied to the U.S. dollar or they just use the U.S. dollar directly. Um, how So how far does one dollar go there? How, how much can you get for? Yeah, as, as far as I know, in, in South America, it's just Ecuador that uses, and I haven't been to all the countries down here, but mm-hmm. Ecuador yeah. uses basically 100% U.S. currency. They've been doing that for a few years now. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that until I got down here, but it also depends too, like where you're at. So if you are like in a really, so I just went to Esmeraldas. It's a really, um, what do you call it? Like a touristic area. And mm-hmm. so it's on the, it's on the beach and like the average plate of food out there. Like if you wanted to get like rice, beans, and then say like fried shrimp or mm-hmm. like chicken. I mean, it was, a, it was about eight bucks, like eight American dollars, which is quite a bit because, yeah. um, Everywhere else, like normal, like small towns, the average cost for going out to eat lunch, like you get your natural juice, you get a you get a bowl of soup first, like chicken soup, and then mm-hmm. you have like a big plate of like rice, salad, and a meat. That average is two dollars and fifty cents out here. Okay, so that's yeah. an idea, and that's eating out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like in the bigger cities in Ecuador, I guess the same normal prices that you would see anywhere else, but in smaller towns, you you get a bang for your buck. Yeah. Okay. And it, I mean, it's not even like the bigger, like you can still find those prices in the big capitals, like in Quito or Guayaquil. Like if mm-hmm. you're in the more, um, like away from like the center, like the, the more wealthier areas, but, um, yeah, it's still, I don't know. I would say it's about like two times cheaper than average United States costs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, not even that too. Cause like, for example, uh, you, you can rent a home in this town where I'm at, like you can rent a house for about, or an apartment, like a two bedroom apartment. You have your bathroom, your kitchen, living room. And mm-hmm. that's about 90 bucks, 90 to $110. Wow. That's pretty cheap. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like coming from New York. Uh, I can't even imagine that. That's <laughs> wild. But right. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like your butt, yeah. your butt bear for, for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So you can, you can change someone's life when not a lot of money out there. Right. Or, uh-huh. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, you really can. Uh, I mean, like, there's a lot of apartments here, which, which have, uh, I've never seen this in the United States before, but um, it'll have like an apartment complex where the entire level will share one bathroom. And then you just rent like one bedroom. And like, so mm-hmm. like your kitchen is, you have to buy like a little tiny, um, like, oven thing that you just like plug into the wall here like it would literally just be like this bedroom here and mm-hmm. those can cost like 50 bucks a month okay which pretty, cool. pretty 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 kind of popular down here it's pretty cool so it's like a shared bathroom kind of like a college dorm would be or something like that yeah uh-huh okay. and a lot of them don't i stayed i, I kind of stayed in one about three days out of the week and mm-hmm. actually, my, my friends just left from there. So I, I have a bodyguard just because I'm always carrying around like two, three grand in cash on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's the one that I'll stay with for the most part. And he lives in one of mm-hmm. these. It's like a Venezuelan refugee apartment where it's a little bit cheaper mm-hmm. um, for them to stay in. And it's pretty disgusting. Like we don't have a toilet seat. So it's literally just like <laughs> filled with piss mm-hmm. all the time. So, <laughs> Damn. I thought of a, Maybe like if you can think of like the worst college dorm bathroom. <laughs> Damn, that that must suck. <laughs> but yeah. so you talk about having a bodyguard because you carry around cash. Um, uh-huh. So do you ever feel in danger out there, or? Um, I probably should, but I I really don't. Mm-hmm. I've had maybe like two times where I felt a little sketched out, maybe like one when I was in Rio in Brazil, mm-hmm. which gets pretty pretty gnarly over there. And um, that was like people started throwing, actually a couple times in Brazil, people started throwing like rocks and breaking into the bus windows. That's They just like to rob the buses down there. Mm-hmm. And so, so um, you were, you were doing all this across, um, across South America. So you I don't. I never saw any. I don't know if you have any episodes in Brazil or not. But were you, were you doing this before you were recording? No. Um, I mean, I. Are you talking about like the TikTok kind of stuff? TikTok, YouTube, whatever. Were you yeah. Were you doing this kind of stuff before you started on the camera? So I started doing it like a year and a half ago, right when I got into Colombia in Bogota, mm-hmm. and I was like mm-hmm. in Bogota, Medellin, all over Colombia. And I, I was doing it, I started when I was at Medellin, um, no, actually Bogota. And then I went to Brazil for like three, four months and I wasn't filming anything out there. It was, I was just visiting a lot of friends that I, that I met out there like 10 years ago when I was living out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I came back and I started filming again. And then what happened was I crossed the border. I left Colombia cause I didn't want to get fine for me in there too long and then so i get into uh ecuador um and then as soon as literally the first day that i got into ecuador was the start of the the covid pandemic where all of the bus stations closed no taxis uh it was like some some uh, apocalyptic stuff like military driving around with horns like or uh, <laughs> sirens stay inside of your house or you will get arrested so so how has covid affected what you do are the people out there concerned about it or is it just trivial compared to everything else that they got to deal with no covid's pretty gnarly right now it's 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 basically what everyone talks about um Mm -hmm. it's a huge it's a huge thing down here and it's basically destroyed a lot of mom and pop shops down here because Mm -hmm. yeah like four months everything was 100 percent closed except um 
uh, like a few restaurants and then like three grocery stores in my entire town here. Like it was just closed. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah. And then right now, like hundred percent of people outside, you don't see anyone not wearing their mask in the town I'm in. It's just mm -hmm. all you hear on like the news and so it's, mm -hmm. it's a deal down here. Do you think those mom and pop shops are going to come back eventually or no? No, because it's most stores are open right now and it's just like, it's weird. You'll see it's just so many shops that are kind of closed. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, they're, they're getting filled up because other people are kind of moving in and purchasing them out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I run into a lot of people all the time that are like, you know, I don't have anything. My entire life savings got destroyed with, with COVID. So did you, did you start traveling uh, or why did you start traveling? Let's, let's go with that. Um, I always like to travel. Like I went to like Guatemala mm -hmm. a while ago with a friend, uh, Mexico a few times where I spent like a month down there just kind of hanging out. But I think like the main reason was I was, I was drinking quite a bit in my twenties. It was just like a heavy party life, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and I just got, I sobered up a couple years ago. Um, just got, just got over it. And, uh, I was working in a nightclub in Salt Lake city called button down where I was doing the marketing, kind of helping run that. This club and it was like every weekend you know we would just have um like two three thousand people coming through this nightclub a weekend and it was like i was just over it you know because i wasn't drinking so i was just always around my friends mm -hmm. who, were, who were intoxicated and and uh i just felt like really bored um you know kind of mm -hmm. like i need something new right now mm -hmm. and so anyway i uh i went to a diplo concert with a bunch of my friends and i haven't smoked weed in a long time and mm -hmm. everyone was like I was like, you guys, you know what? I like, I'm gonna smoke weed. You know, it's been over a year. And so mm -hmm. everyone's just like, yeah, like handing me like blunts and like their pens and stuff. And I just got like so <laughs> out of my mind. I was, <laughs> I was blitzed, dude. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and I was just like, started getting this anxiety of like what I'm talking about right now, like super strong. I'm like, what the hell am I doing, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, with my life here, like I'm, I'm in my 30s now, like, you know, I was 31. And, um, and then I just had like this stupid epiphany where I'm like, I'm moving to South America. I'm, I'm moving to South America. Like it was so strong in my head wow. and, and, <laughs> um, and everyone's just like, you're crazy, man. I was like, I'm, I'm effing moving to, I'm moving to South America. And, uh, then, and I call it my sister and my brother. Um, actually before this happened, I was like, I called it the great and spacious purge. Like while I'm high, I bought <laughs> a pack of cigarettes. I bought a, a can of dip. I used to, I used to mm -hmm. love and cigarettes and i'm just smoking so much and then i get to my my house in salt lake I lived in the place called the american towers and i'm throwing up dude it's like three four in the morning from like so much nicotine but mm -hmm. uh it was like this weird thing in my head that um anyway so i just i like <laughs> overdo it so i like don't want to do it again you know it's like mm -hmm. kind of a personality and i'm throwing up like all over my feet in the shower and there's just barf everywhere and i have like this crazy anxiety and i'm like i'm leaving like i'm leaving and then uh my brother and sister came over the next day and i was like have whatever you want you know like clothes shoes mm -hmm. you know little statues whatever that was there and mm -hmm. um i ran off to uh, irvine for a little bit to renew my passport but like literally that next day i i, I took off to uh to california and then I was gone and Bogota, I had my Dang. backpack, I knew a little bit of Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, all right, cool. I haven't been back since. How long has it been since you left? About a year and a half. A year and a half, okay. Uh, 
cool. So was that difficult to do to just drop everything or like the way you sound mm. to make it sound, it sounds pretty like for you, it was like a instinctive type of thing to do. It was, I was, I was, I had like, I remember I had super strong anxiety, like right before leaving of like, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, kind of thing. And, but I don't know, like, I, th I think like sometimes when you get something in your head, mm -hmm. you know, or you, you go through certain things in your life that, that just kind of, I don't even want to say like prepares you, but just kind of like slowly nudges you along where it's like, all right, I'm here now. I'm here now. I'm here now. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. So there's this episode of Anthony Bourdain. Um, I don't know if you ever seen the show Parts Unknown, where he travels to Haiti and he's trying to help. He's eating a bunch of food and he uh, he basically sees a bunch of kids that are hungry. So he buys the restaurant out or the lady he's buying food from out and tries to give everyone food and a bunch of older people or older kids see it and start bullying the younger kids and people start pushing each other around when you give out money or something like that do other people ever like watch and try like try to get something from you or anything like that do you mean like try to be like from me personally or from the people that are receiving either one from i mean from me in the moment no but like i'll have a lot of people that will just like like you give someone something and then they get used to that and they want more and more and more and more you know what i mean and that's just yeah. i mean that's just something that i'm dealing with on you know kind of on a daily basis um which is why i don't give my phone number out anymore i just i got burned out from that of mm -hmm. like people hitting me up like crazy like like insanely amounts and then like giving out my number um so i had to go like on this gnarly blocking spree but um like another example of that would be the first time that I really saw that was actually two days ago. Like I uploaded a YouTube video last night or yesterday mm -hmm. and um, we went to the border between Colombia and Ecuador because it's completely closed right now, mm -hmm. but there's still like a lot of troches. They're called like those, you know, like those trails that people will take like coyotes to get them across into new other countries. Yeah. And we're hanging out there. Uh, me, my buddy Romel, who, who also like watches over like my money and stuff. Um, and then this girl who wanted to hang out with us for a day. And so we're hanging out at like the main entrance where, where a lot of the Venezuelans will come in through Colombia, mm -hmm. like Ecuador. And it's like along the freeway. And there's this lady there who's like selling, she has a baby cart, but it's filled with like water, apples, chips, bananas that she sells to the people like coming out of the throaches. Mm -hmm. uh, and so anyway, I asked her like, when's the last time that you had a, uh, like a day off with your family? And she told me that she, they like her family can't even eat twice a day anymore. Just there's no money. And um, so basically, kind of like the same thing. I just had a bunch of money in my pocket, so I handed her a handful of twenties, um, mm -hmm. probably like 120 bucks, and told her to go rest with her family. And literally, uh, kind of as we did that, there was just like families and families that were coming up from the from the hill. There's probably like 50, 60 people there total. And mm -hmm. uh, my buddy was like, um, "Who wants water? Who wants Gatorade?" Like, you know, we had this thing, and uh, and I, I said, um, like for the children first, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, los niños, and uh, and you could see kind of like in the video, like you, not all of it, but there was just like nobody, nobody really. They were just fighting kind of over this, like just kind of yeah. running, you know. It wasn't mm -hmm. too gnarly, but um, 
it kind of just made me think of like when when people are in that in that state of desperation you know they act mm -hmm. just in a different mind state kind of in a like survival mode so that mm -hmm. definitely does happen yeah that's why i asked that question because it, it, it when i saw that it reminded me exactly of that anthony bourdain episode and it it, it does make me wonder uh is it is it sometimes dangerous to 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 do these nice acts of charity uh, yeah. and is it still worth it like what do you think yeah it is it is it is super dangerous um i've had people follow me around you know mm -hmm. and i mean like i'm on the border of of colombia and not too far from here there's a lot of of colombian gorillas that are just known for kidnapping um I've I've had like neighbors in Utah who's uh like a woman her her uh, two kids were kidnapped in South America, and this is something that's like 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 everyone a lot of people in my in my town know know who I am or like know what I do, mm -hmm. and because it's like a small town of like seventy thousand people, um so like when I go out it's like gringo gringo you know like uh like sometimes we'll ask for for pictures like when I'm when I'm like grocery shopping and stuff and mm -hmm. it's. Um, and I've had quite a few people, like, uh, some of my friends that are like, that are kind of, you know, street people, you know, that'll like walk around with like knives and stuff, people that I just, you know, kind of get to know along just living mm -hmm. here for so long. And a lot of them too, have came up to me. They're like, Hey, like always watch your back. You know, like I've, we've, we've overheard people talking, like everyone knows who you are out here and you just, you know, you just gotta be careful. So definitely is, that is a reality. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, that's a reality even in any first world country too, you know? Um, yeah, that's true. In, in the United States, I'm kind of like anyone else. If I have a couple grand walking around, mm -hmm. you know, that's not too like crazy in a, in a first world country. But for down here, that is like, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot, a lot of money. And especially when you have a lot of desperate people walking around or trying to find ways to feed their family when, when COVID kind of destroyed mm -hmm. a lot of microeconomies out here. Mm -hmm. so i did say 15 minutes we're kind of over that i will try and wrap it up pretty soon so let's try and end it on more of a inspiring thing who is the most inspiring person that you've met on your journey so far uh, hmm. i think probably like I've met a lot of people, honestly. I'm trying to think like a couple that come to my head right now is uh, David, that first TikTok video. Like if mm -hmm. you watch it, like you see the TikTok, you know, that has the, the couple million views. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video. It's like a complete different thing that uh, like you hear him talking about. Yeah. You, you really just got to hear that. Like I, when I was when I was filming, I like, kind of got chills from it. I'm like, is this for real? Like talking about like when you fail, like keep your head up like you need to fail mm -hmm. with dignity, you know yeah. i mean that, that kid is just like a fighter um and then yeah. probably like my uh my, my buddy who's my also my bodyguard kind of helps me out down here romel it's a mm -hmm. it's a they were also in one of my first youtube videos um here in ecuador mm -hmm. and he's uh he's also a venezuelan immigrant got here with his two little kids and wife um he worked seven days a week without a day off for over a year without even seeing his family like five o'clock in the really? morning at 11 wow. o'clock um, but it's just like seeing him have so much 
still be able to have so much joy, patience with people, like a positive outlook on life. And just the, he just has a lot of faith in God, which I always respect people who, who are able to have such a solid amount of faith and be able to follow, mm-hmm. you know, um, moral, I guess you could say like, mm-hmm. um, that was be inspiring too is like, mm-hmm. that was true with David too. I saw in the YouTube video, he, I think he was kind of religious too, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Where it's like, in, in you know, in like in the United States, what I've seen is, is people would lose their job or their girlfriends would cheat on them or boyfriends or whatever. And they'd be like, how could God do this to me? And like, I've just heard yeah. that so many times. Like, how could there, how could a God allow this to happen? Where, mm-hmm. where down here, it's like, people are, you know, like, starving to death and their kids are starving and it's still like i always i always show that like i try to show that like in my videos and it's not because mm-hmm. it's anything religious purpose it's just like wow like there's something there for us mm-hmm. to learn um how these people can still keep so much faith and mm-hmm. you know no matter what it is and i think that's like that's really good like when you are in trial sometimes is to be able to look up to like a higher source or a higher power yeah it, from what i see in your videos it seems to give them hope which uh-huh. seems kind of important in that kind of situation yeah so so one last question saw uh on your instagram story or something today is it true that you really wore one pair of pants for five years i have um yeah, so this is like my one pair of pants that I've had for, it's from, uh, I think it's from PacSun, this pair of pants. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally, like, I probably have had about three pairs of pants, but you know, like the pants that you just never mm-hmm. use, like you yeah. can go back like in all of my, <laughs> all of my pictures. And it's, I mean, the only time I'd be wearing something else is if I'm washing them and I'm, I'm at a friend's house, I'm like, hey, let me use your pair of pants. <laughs> but they're just like, they're dissolving on me right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. If you're listening, follow uh, Murph's life on TikTok. If you're already following him on TikTok, follow him on YouTube or subscribe to him on YouTube for the full length videos. Consider donating to his Venmo. What's your Venmo? Murph's life 24. Murph's life 24. And donate no matter how much you can. If you can only donate a dollar, it's fine um goes goes pretty far if you can't donate giving him clout on it on tiktok is good too because that that will definitely help the algorithm so thank you for coming through uh aaron and it's good to have you thanks man yeah no i enjoyed this dude it was cool awesome